What is up, Thrive Tribe? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. I am your host, your chief energy officer, your professor, but most importantly, your homie, Jeremy Abramson. And I am so excited for you to listen to today's show with Adam Kramer. And Adam is doing so many unique and special things in the healthcare space. He's based overseas in Australia. So you're going to enjoy his accent a little bit. And I think you're really going to get a lot of value from today's show. We speak a lot about how we've handled obstacles during this past year. Um, And we get into the weeds, we get vulnerable, we get authentic and talk about real shit. So I know you're gonna love this. And as always, remember, knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. All of the stuff that you hear today, I want you to see what you can implement in your life to improve, to elevate and to thrive. Let's get into today's show. I didn't know you were Australian. I'm I'm South African. You're I'm South African, but you're in Australia right now. Yes, I'm from born in South Africa. I lived in New York for 21 years, maybe 22 years. I can't even 21, and I just moved to Australia on February 29th before the shit hit the fan everywhere. Yeah. What was your reason for moving out there? Um, family, my wife's family is from here and we just thought it was time for the kids to, we don't really have family in, in New York. So it was time to, you know, get, be a little closer to home and, uh, closer to family. So we made the, we made the move. Um, so it's, it's been an adventure. We've gone straight into lockdown. We're still, still under lockdown. It's hardcore over here. So it's I have awful. a client in Melbourne, man, and they got hit yeah. hard in Victoria yeah. specifically. Yeah, that's that's where we are. So it's like it's been it's been an interesting little ride, but it's it's been a great it's been a challenging year, but it's been a great year. You know, I'm freaking from my perspective, I've upped my challenge game, and it's. I've challenged myself and I think it's, it's helped a lot. So it's, you know, besides the, the world and the outside external factors, bringing on challenges. I think when you're, when you challenge yourself mentally and physically, it brings out the best in you. So um, it's been, it's been a fantastic adventure so far and I can't wait for the rest of it. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. You know, Australia is a great place and it's a great country and that's it's an exciting time to be alive, I think. So, um, oh yeah, bro. What what fun. is uh, what's the what 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 would you say are the biggest two ways you've been challenging yourself? I know I, I can see you've been going on a lot of runs. Yes. <laughs> um. So probably the biggest ways I've been challenging myself is um really being strict with my routine, like pounding away at that, um, meditating. I've come, I don't know. I haven't missed a day in a while. Like since, um, I wasn't a big meditator before, but since I started, which was probably in the middle of March, I've missed very few days, which, um, 
I think is it's it's a it's a it's a bit of a game changer because I didn't really notice it when I first started. You don't really notice the difference, and then I stopped after about thirty eight days and for a couple of days, and I was like, whoa, just the days didn't seem as good or as fulfilled or as clear, and I was like, huh. I wonder if it's got to do with that. So since then, I've been pretty consistent about it, doing it at least once a day for a few minutes a day. But I think the other way that I've been challenging myself is doing, I love breaking things down into tiny habits. And when you start small and you do these little things, it makes a huge difference. So I've always been a little bit of an exercise healthy person kind of thing, but it's, you know, you know, COVID definitely threw a a wrench into that with gyms closing and things changing. So I had to do different things and I started off small, you know, 10 push-ups before my shower. And now I'm doing maybe 200, 200 push-ups before I get out the door in the morning. That's amazing, bro. You know, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. It's like, so this was kind of just us connecting and talking. What I've realized about doing these podcasts, the last, the last month or so is oftentimes the best because, because typically before March, I was doing all my podcasts in Miami in a studio and And uh, it was in person. So I already had existing relationships with everyone coming on in some capacity. And, and now being as though we can connect with anyone we want all over the world, uh, sometimes like in your case, you know, it's like I'm a little bit familiar with your work, but this is our real first time like actually connecting. And that's yeah. been the case. And I've realized that this is actually like before I wasn't including this part in the podcast. Like I wasn't, I haven't even done the intro yet, but as you've been talking, I'm like, dude, this is the show. Like we're going, this is amazing. This is it. Yeah. 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 Because, this is uh, yeah, brother, because everything you're saying right now is, is, is super, super impactful. You know, a couple things that come to mind for me that you mentioned is just the consistency you know, with the meditation and, and, and committing to that consistency. And a lot of times people are expecting certain results without really putting in the work that's required. So, so I acknowledge you for staying committed to, you know, your running, your meditation. Um, and, and, and I'd love to, just because, you know, we, we dove right in, you know, just to give people a little context, I'll read this bio later when we do the intro for the show. But you're, you're, I know you're a healthcare startup advisor, and, and yeah. you really have a passion um, for for helping others become as successful and as healthy as they're capable of. And, and you're all about serving and sharing your experiences over your expansive career. Um, so tell me because I'm, I'm not so familiar and, and tell the listeners a little bit more about some of those things, the roadblocks that, uh, or, or the, the stepping stones that have gotten you to where you're at right now. So, um, it's been an incredible journey. I'm super grateful for everything that I've done and all the mistakes that I've made and learned and 
you know, as I've grown, I've realized the, the, you have to really enjoy the, the journey and those, all those challenges and be thankful for everything that's happened in the past because it's brought you to where you are today. So um, when you're, you know, like the, the key for me has always been to serve and help others. Like when I was a little kid, my, my mother used to say to me, you're too nice. You, you know, you get in trouble because you're always trying to help your friends or cover for your friends and do all those things. So, and that can come with its challenges also because in business I've um, had different ventures and things that I've tried and different friendships. And listen, I've always gone with the right intentions and a good heart and I always give you know, me, I'm authentic and true. I'm, you know, when somebody shares something with me, I'm like a vault it's locked in. I'll never, I'll never betray anybody's trust or anything like that. So sometimes that has come to harm me in certain ways that in businesses, other, other people get maybe greedy or whatever it is. So those have been challenges, but I have no, um, I have no hard feelings to anyone either because it doesn't serve me and it doesn't serve them to, you know, it's, 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 it's it would only set me back. That was one of the biggest learnings that I learned. You can always be um, resentful or um, about somebody going around you or doing something and, and it, it does happen and it will happen, but it's like, you've got to, those expectations are, um, you can't hold every, I can't hold everybody to the standard that I hold myself to kind of thing. Um, which is, it's interesting because, um, you know, life is hard and it's full of challenges, but like when you're one of the key things that I did actually it's almost four years now, probably is, I think around November ish, it's going to be four years. So we're right there. I stopped watching all news, all news, mm -hmm. cut it off. And I used to be like a news fiend. I had the apps and I check it every day, like a fiend. And it's just like, it's so negative. I don't want to be, there's nothing I can gain from it. I can be dedicating my time to doing other things or serving other people and doing more positive things. So I cut it out. And at that same time, I also cut out like talking badly about other people or people, rumors. Like I won't even hear it. Like if I'm talking to somebody, I'll be like, no, take it easy. And I know that not everybody's like that and it's so easy to get caught up in the gossip and the negativity and things like that. But that has been like a huge shift. And I think it's, um, you know, my journey has taught me that like over, you know, I, I do hold myself to a high standard, you know, I, you know, I do push myself. I do challenge myself. I do all these things and you can't expect everybody else to be like that. You can't expect everybody else to be super kind and super nice and want to always be growing and pushing and doing but um, you definitely can't show that resentment. But as long as you do the right thing and you know in your heart it's the right thing, it will work out and it will be good. And um, it's like that, that to me is the, the, a fundamental learning that kind of, and now when you talk to me, it's also like I'm getting, you know, it's you... I get to think about these questions more, you know, and it's like, um, it's when I'm having these conversations with you and with other people, it's like, I'm getting to know myself even better and 
that is like a, a, a key and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And that the point is that, like you said, we're starting the show. It's just dive right in, man. And it's, yeah. that's how you, that's, that's how you, it's the, the real authenticity shows through. So that would be a, a huge key learning for me is that, you know, don't judge people, don't hold them to your high expectations, but always be out there serving. That's, mm. that's like something that stands out to me. Yeah, that's powerful. One of my mentors and coaches, he always says, he always says, expect nothing and request everything. You know, in relationships, oftentimes, like you said, we build up resentment because we didn't have one of our expectations met. But oftentimes, those expectations weren't even made clear. And we're making assumptions and we're taking things personally. It all comes back to really the four agreements, you know, yes. by Don Miguel Ruiz, like, like so many of these conversations come back to one of those four pillars, right? And and um, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And um, you you mentioned something profound, which I've been preaching is just I'm not saying to completely eliminate the news. Like I understand maybe local news has some relevance right now to kind of see what's going on in your neck of the woods, but so many people go down this rabbit hole. And I, I recently, I'm spending time back home right now with my parents and, and, and with the election getting closer, you know, the news is on and, and, and I tell my parents and, and I try to tell as many people as possible, like they are programmed to draw your attention. So they're yeah. only going to talk about the shit that is going to do that and is going to elevate your emotions and bring out stress and bring out fear. And by doing that, you're actually, by feeling all of that stress and anxiety, you're actually causing inflammation to your body on a cellular level. And most people don't realize like they're, they're really increasing the likelihood of them getting sick by watching the news. It's like, go outside, take a walk, Maybe, maybe go on LinkedIn and watch one of Adam's inspirational videos. You know, there's, there's so many, there's so many, there's so many other things that are valuable that are in your control that you can do. So you, 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 you strike me as someone who's like an all or nothing type guy. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of pretty much. <laughs> you like decided, hey, I'm going to meditate and you've been sitting every day. You decided I'm done with the news. And, and it's been four years, like cold turkey. I still have the app on my phone. I have not touched it. It's in the same place. I have not. And my phone is like organized. Like I only have a few icons It's in there in a news folder. I haven't touched it. And it's. It's it's been a it's been a bit of a game changer. I still hear all the major news and people tell me it, but it's like I don't want to focus on it. It's that it's there's other better things to focus on. My kids, myself, other people, growing. There's just there's so many things. And you're so right that these little stress is you know, stress and sleep I think are two like underrated and yoga. That is it. I need to get on my stretching yoga. It's that's high cool. on my list. That's I need to I need to get that's where that's my next challenge. But um it's you know, it's so true that it's just like 
there's so much negativity and it's made to draw you in and it's made to draw you down a bad path. Not, it's not a good, it's got no, there's no goodness in there for you. So, um, and people are like baffled about me and why I, I do it. But guess what? So we're in lockdown. I don't know when it ends. I don't know what the exact restrictions are, whatever it is. I'm carrying on with whatever I do and people let me know. And, um, you know, I'll find out who wins the elections in America. It's not, you know, I'm not going to make myself crazy over it. Um, it's, uh, but it's the, you know, those little, little shifts, those little mind shifts that, uh, make a huge difference and it's like you know but it's you got to break sometimes you got to break those little bad habits and um when you it's it all starts with those little little things and consistency like you said it is like the yeah is the game is a is a is a real game changer yeah and just more things and starting small and just replace it. Like, hey, every time you are feeling triggered to turn on the news or check a different social media app, it's like, let's find another activity to fill that void that actually serves you uh, in some positive way, whether it's going to recharge you, whether it's going to aid your recovery, whether it's going to energize you, whatever that may be. Um, I'm curious to know, you know, I see some drawings, some writing on that whiteboard behind you. Uh, what is what? What are you writing up there? What is it that that you're working on? I know you're in the healthcare space, so I'm curious myself. Uh, what is it really now that you're you're focused on doing uh, and and focused on serving? So what? Uh, it's so funny that you can see it. <laughs> um, it's little scribbles. So what we do? So. I've always been I almost maybe I almost was going to be a doctor maybe, but it's something that maybe I always wanted to be. So it's something that, but I've been in the healthcare space for like over 20 years and it's been, it's incredible. The, the impact that I've made on some people's lives um, personally, like overall there's like a larger picture of the you know i've been in the business of healthcare so there's obviously thousands of people that have i've helped which feels good but there's obviously there's like personal people that has been pretty crazy so like even now this year i know um i sent you a message but we just had you know for jewish new year we just had rosh hashanah and i had i got a couple of crazy messages which were like when I helped a particularly a, a young man, a young guy, maybe he was 20 and he was diagnosed with cancer. I've always worked in the cancer space and I managed to get his results before they even had them and had friends of mine that were experts in the field, look at them and they were, his doctors were actually going to misdiagnose it diagnose it and thank God I had my specialist look at it. He was going to have surgery, transferred him, he went to Pittsburgh and thank God it's eight years later, he's married, kids. And I got a message from his parents and him this year out of the blue. I was almost in tears and they were just like, we'll never forget what happened. So that's one part of it. But um, what I've always done and had been super passionate about is I fell into is like innovative healthcare. So stuff that's on the neck, on the cutting edge. So 
initially what the way I fell into it was we did, we, I was involved with the first PET scanner in New York, which is a, now it's like the gold standard for cancer diagnostics and um, staging. But back then it was like, we don't even need this technology. And it just, you know, as I've built my relationships with doctors and hospitals, show them about the technology, it's, it's literally gold standard now. You, you know, it, almost every cancer patient gets that done. And on the What's same line, what's it called? Sorry, a what's PET scan, PET scan, PET, PET CT. Got it. Yeah. So it's it's a positron emission tomography, and it's it's the gold standard right now. If you prior to almost any you start any treatment, you'll get that scan. They'll monitor the treatments during treatment with that scan. It's it's gold standard. But back in two thousand, it was not gold. It was brand new. And along those same lines, um, I was involved with building a and putting together a, a collaboration of a proton therapy center, which is also which is like a radiation therapy treatment um, for cancer. But they never had one in New York. It's a huge it's a huge undertaking. They cost north of one hundred and fifty million dollars to build the facility. The machine is tens of millions of dollars. So there's very few of them. There was even less at the time. And it's a much more accurate and less toxic way of treating cancer with radiation. And I was instrumental in putting together a, a, a collaboration of all the, not all, but a lot of the major New York institutions to build that, the first one in New York, which opened last year, actually. Wow. So that was like pretty exciting to be involved with that and putting that technology together and being able to be a part of bringing that to New York and serve thousands of patients who need it desperately. Um, and then also in the oncology phase, I was involved with building a radiopharmaceutical facility in New York, which manufactures the isotopes that get injected into people for PET scans, which... Um, and now that technology is growing. So now you get specific injections that target specific cancers more accurately. So you can see it. So you're able to take better pictures of the cancer to see how aggressive it is and where it's growing. So it's always these little, these innovative technologies that I've had. And then now in Australia, which I'm super grateful for, I came here, a big, big move to, to come across the world. You know, I didn't really know anyone and I was like, got to focus and make sure my kids are settled first. That's like the most important thing. I'm not going to go out and look for a job or do that was not my, my goal. And then COVID came along, but um, I arrived here and, you know, met a few people and landed up at a really innovative genetics company. Mm. And so what, what we're doing now is we are, um, developed a genetic test for certain chronic diseases like breast cancer, colon cancer, diabetes, that assesses your genes with a, 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 a saliva swab for your variants in your genes. So if I give you the example, I don't know if you've heard of the BRCA gene for like breast cancer. There's a BRCA right. mutation. Right. Like Angelina Jolie had it. 
So that is a, everybody knows about it. It's covered by insurance. It's a diagnostic genetic test, but that particular gene only affects three to 5% of people. That's it. So if you have um, a, so if I describe it as a house, your genes are a house. If you would have that gene, it would be like you're missing a wall. You need like something needs to be done. What we're looking for is cracks in the bricks in the wall in the same place. Mm. So we go, we analyze your genes and we'll say, hey, this area, there's an issue here. We, we analyze like between 70 and a few hundred little genes and we can see and then we know whether you should get mammograms earlier, more often. Should you be changing your lifestyle? Should you be getting a colonoscopy earlier? Or is your risk lower? Like I did the colon cancer risk on myself. I have very little risk. So maybe I can start my screening instead of getting my colonoscopy at 40, I can start at 50, saving money, saving, and you know, different things. You can, so there's two ways to look at it. So with this technology, I really believe it's the future. And I believe oh, that this how different is different. Sorry, sorry. Continue. No worries. So it's like the, Genes are the future. You know, if you have enough money now, you can choose a kid with blue eyes. And, but this is a way to give you insight into your risk of developing certain diseases to take action today to prevent them from ever coming. And it's cheap and it's quick and it's easy. And it's the technology is only going to develop and grow. So it's right. more. You know, it, is it the best breast test right now? Is it the be all and end all? Maybe, maybe not, but it definitely gives you insight into it. The test is only going to get better and it's going to cover more diseases. Just like back when I started with the PET scans, doctors were like, yo, we have CAT scans. We don't need this. Today, not only does everybody get it, they monitor with it and they're inventing new injections that see different cancers better. So this is like at the forefront for everybody. And everybody knows that you can't get, you know, there's no, you, we're all made up of genes. That's, that's, that's us. Yeah. So if you're looking at that, I feel like this is the, it's a real game changer for like modern healthcare, as opposed to, you know, prevention is the, be, is the, the best cure. What is the, how does it go? Prevention is the best cure or? I think it's, it's one ounce of prevention. Uh, one ounce of prevention. I'm going to Google it. Is worth, this is the, you an know, ounce of prevention much. is worth a pound of cure. Benjamin Franklin. There we go. We're, we're is, never going to forget that. Shame no. on us. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin, a great man. But it's, yeah. we're... You know, that's how medicine really should be, is prevention, preventative. So we want to see people when they're healthy and keep them healthy. We don't want to, you know, it's, it's more cost effective. It's better. You know, you're, you'd rather get another statistics that I didn't even know. And I've been in the cancer field for so long. Breast cancer has a 99% cure rate if it's caught early. 99%. That means no woman should be dying of breast cancer. That's what it means. Yeah. We're just getting it too late. So this to me is the technology that will keep us healthy. 
So stay healthy, live, live longer, feel better. That's the, that's what I think is the, the, you know, what's, say it again, say it again, live longer and feel better. So yeah, we want it's all about, it's all about your health span, right? I mean, living long is yeah. awesome, but it's that quality of life. And I think you're seeing it now with so many people in these nursing homes who are, who, who, who have been inflicted by what's going on. It's like, how do you want to spend the last 10 or 20 years of your life? Do you really want to, and, and I saw my grandparents in assisted living. I'm not saying like those places serve their purpose and they do a lot of great work, but, but the more action, the more proactive that you are now, right? It's a huge investment. And, and that's like a huge mindset shift that I think is required for people to make is this is not an expense. This is the best investment you can make. Um, yeah. And, and there's a lot of places I want to go with this, Adam, because I didn't know that you specifically were with cancer, which is so cool because we've had a lot of incredible guests on this show and, and none of them really uh, specify their expertise in cancer. So I can't wait to dive a little deeper with you. Um, now, now, you mentioned this, this new endeavor that you're on. Is it kind of like a more sophisticated 23andMe, Ancestry.com? Is it, is, it just, is it just there, but more in depth? And then after you answer that, I'd love for you to kind of talk about epigenetics and, and kind of some of the things, the findings behind epigenetics and how important you know, our lifestyle decisions and behaviors are in, in impacting our gene expression. So, um, the, um, I lost you for a second. The, um, the first, the, the first question was, what was the first, I totally, I lost train of thought for a yeah, second. The first, <laughs> the first question was really just asking, you know, are you guys kind of like a much more sophisticated? Oh, that's right. Got it. And then, the, so we use a very similar technology actually to 23 and Ancestry, which is quite interesting that you pick those two. So it's a similar technology, but it is way more advanced. So we're using, um, we use like, we look at more variants. Um, and what we're doing is we're, they're a lifestyle product. So they're like trying to give you your ancestry. They're going to, they're telling you, like very basic level stuff we're going much deeper and we we have we are a medical product we have to have a doctor involved when we tell you whether you're possibly going to have a certain risk of cancer we have that doctor's involvement there has to be a doctor's like prescription to go with it there has to be that follow-on um so that and we what we do also is we've one of the things that they've done is the we've got a patent that combines your clinical history with your genetics. And that is a, that algorithm gives you takes into your, your clinical history, your family history and your genetics to give you the full picture of, of really what's, what's going on. Because like I said before, if you're if somebody, God forbid their parents have had cancer, whatever it is, then you kind of fall into that high risk bucket. So now you're considered high risk, but 
And then insurance companies will pay for that BRCA test. And there's a few of them. There's one for colon cancer. And there's, there's a few different cancers that have it. But guess what? 95% of people don't have that gene. So now your parents had cancer. You don't have that gene. There's, but all the cancers occur in this 85% because 10% of cancers, 10 to 15% are family related. Then there's the small thing that if you have a, God forbid, you have like a, a huge genetic issue. But most cancers happen in this other 85%. So if you're at high risk, if we think you're at high risk, but you come back with your genetics are fine, what about most cancers happen here in the 85%? So therefore, that's what we check for. We check for all that 85% and we monitor, and then we can put together a plan to monitor it better. So um, what we, we one down the line, we probably will want to collaborate with Ancestry and 23andMe because they have, like I said, the future of what we want to do is we want to grow to where we have like a subscription where somebody pays us. And as we develop new tests for new diseases, we'll run their genes and be like, oh, you need to be, you know, you're at high risk for diabetes or you're at, you know, we're, we're now we're about to launch like a mental health product that can tell you which medications are best for your genes. Because right now it's like guesswork. If you go into a doctor and you get ADD or depression or something like that, they give you a drug. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work. It takes six weeks till it even works. So it could be six months to a year before they know that it's not working. Then they change it and then they change it again and again. So we've actually, we're coming out with a test that's going to tell you upfront what drug suits you best on mental health. So we want to cover a full spectrum of stuff, but we want to be working with the ancestries and 23s and me's because they already have all that data. And then we can tell them, well, through them, they would sell our tests and like to their people and say, Hey, do you want to run this for X dollars or whatever it is? And we can analyze that data for them. So that is like, you know, and it also works because Another thing I've learned over my career is you're stronger together and the more you collaborate, the better. So, you know, we're maybe competition to the 23 and me's, but we're coming to it from two different angles and together we can combine the lifestyle products that they have with our medical products into one mainstreamed preventative health. I love it. Genetic I love that brother. So, um, because you know, you, uh, collaboration is 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 key. That is, you know, you can't do everything on your own. So um, it's 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 really exciting stuff to be working on, like the future of preventative healthcare, which is like I'm super great. Like it's in these bizarre times, moving across the world and landing up in a company like this that just fell into my lap is a uh, Somebody's look, somebody's looking out for me. You know what I mean? And um the which is pretty cool. So I think in the long run I'll be able to help a ton of people. Bro, you already are. It seems like you've you've kind of surrendered to this flow of life and it's leading you in all the right places. Um so just, your, did that say Ahava? This is Ahava and this is Hatmada. What's Hatmada mean? Hatmada is perseverance. 
Perseverance. That's yes, awesome. Sir. Perseverance so, is like the, I have a quack that is, it says the Kramer motto, and it's pretty much all about press on and perseverance, that that is, but I love it. Ava and Hatvada, is that what, what it yeah. is? So, so Adam's asking about these tattoos on my wrist. One of them says Ahava, which is Hebrew for love. And then the other one says Hatmada, which is uh, Hebrew for perseverance. Two things that I'm just doing my best to embody. Um, those so, are awesome. If I had to get two tattoos, it would probably be those two. So let's do it, Jeremy, bro. bro it's Matching tattoos, Adam. Let's. It's done. We're collaborating on this. <laughs> I, I have a question for you. So, just to clarify, so you're saying that eighty five percent of cancers are caused from other things other than ancestry and genetics. So, so eighty five percent of cancers are caused based on environment and lifestyle some of yes but also the they are genetic except they're not the genes that are missing the wall like that huge gene the genetic mutation okay i'll give you another example which is like it's not that controversial let me just if you imagine i just want to get the words correct little people Midgets. Midgets? Is that they're yeah, probably not the most them, correct, but it's okay. We we, we want to get the point across. So yes, little people You don't see them, you don't see them that often. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what the numbers are, but it's one in five hundred or let's say. But you don't it's not like you see them every day. That's what it's like having that missing wall gene. Not not a lot of people have it. But, you know, most people are between five foot two and six foot four or whatever it is. But there's a variance. There's like different people, different heights. And that's the genes that we look at is all those people. So there's the people that are all the way on the outside. But what about the people in the middle? No one's checking their genes and those little ones. So that's the area that we're looking at is all the, the people that don't stand out. So yes, and lifestyle has a huge, huge impact on it. Um, but again, it's like, if you don't know, if you don't get on a scale and you don't like giving a number to something, like actually having a test that says, hey, if you don't eat better, your risk of colon cancer is going to be double. You're going to be able to take, like you're, it's like giving you like a report card being like, you better get on this. You know what I mean? Like this is something that, so I think having the test and knowing gives you more incentive. It gives people more incentive to be, I need to take action. You know, some people like you and I were, we take that action without, you know, we know what's better for us. We know what's good for us. So we practice those healthy lifestyles. Other people may need that push. And um, another thing is that it's, it's, where this test can come in and help people is that it's completely non-invasive. It's easy. You just stick something in your mouth and you get it done and it's cheap. You know, going for a mammogram or going for a colonoscopy, women hate going for mammograms. No one wants to go for a colonoscopy. 
So people avoid those recommendations also, and they avoid that compliance. Mm. And if people were more compliant, we'd have better results anyway. And this is a way to get people to be more compliant because you can go and you can have this test when you're a 35 year old woman and it can come back and say, Hey, you're at a higher risk. You need to go for mammograms every single year because breast cancer, 48% of breast cancers occur in between the recommended breast cancer screening, which is every two years. So you can go for a mammogram and two years later, you'll go for your next mammogram and you'll have cancer. Mm. So, so what, this, what would you say? Sorry to interrupt, but what would you say? I mean, cause let's, let's be honest. I mean, every single person listening right now has been impacted by cancer in some capacity. They know somebody who's probably died from cancer. You know, one of my best friends actually growing up, I played basketball with him all through middle school and high school. Um, he died of gastric cancer at age 20, which was yeah. a huge shock, first of all, because it, it, it usually strikes older people. I think the average age is someone like 75 years old. So that was very shocking, especially considering he was like an active kid. And it's, it's, it's so there's been hundreds of millions of dollars put into cancer research more than that, you know? So what, what are we missing? What are we doing wrong? Where I get we've made progress, I'm sure, in the last decade, last two decades, but I feel like we still haven't made that big, that big stride forward. What, what are we missing, bro? So the key, the, the one thing I've learned from being in this industry for so long, and it's so, this is a, one of the deepest dives I've taken into my own, and I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm going to preface that by, you know, I'm going to say I'm not a doctor, but I've, you know, I've been around the field for a long time, but it's that, that early detection is the key. That's the key. And almost any cancer, when you connect it early, we have that medicine that can save their lives, but people avoid, they avoid it. Either it's too expensive. Um, it's like bureaucratic. Um, you know, even with our tests, back the, back the PET scans, even to get a PET scan authorized to go through insurance companies, you know, it's, it's not an expensive test. It's $2,000. That's at average. That's not a lot of money when chemo and radiation is in the hundreds of thousands and to go through a whole course of treatment can be even more. It's not a lot of money, but it's, if you get that done in the beginning, it gives you all that insight into controlling it and getting that 99% cure rate, which you can have. So this is cheap and a way to get in there. But I also think that one of the fundamental things is, and that's what it's hard for people to grasp. I think it goes back to, you know, perspective and like consistency. Um, it's like the lifestyle and diet. If we don't change it, like what you put in your mouth is and your like microbiome and what you feed yourself is there's a direct correlation to all these chronic diseases. And you see it with like, um, I, I don't know if you saw the documentary, I think it's called the magic pill and it's kind of a, a bit on a, the keto diet. And I'm not saying like, I'm, I'm not, a, I, I eat super healthy, but, um, and when I saw they had a part on a woman who had, got diagnosed with breast cancer and went 
on the keto diet and she never got treatment ever and it went away and it made perfect sense to me because PET scans all they do is look at your glucose level that's what actually what it is you get a radioactive injection of sugar into your body because cancer eats sugar cancer lives off sugar that's the bottom line and if you cut off that source the cancer will die so eating right and having that lifestyle which people don't realize is is the biggest game changer it's like it's the, the that's the real form of of prevention is getting you know besides the tools that we have you know there's um i heard an amazing guy recently what was what's his name he's an ethno ethnobotanist is that is that right ethnobotanist he's like a, a doctor at harvard that kind of studies like shrooms and things oh nice and like ayahuasca and all those all oh, those things I'm doing ayahuasca next week right ah so i heard him on tim ferris he's freaking awesome um i think his name michael plotkin okay i don't know so he goes so he said it's that combination of like western medicine which and natural medicines and the biggest natural medicine is eating and you know what we feed ourselves and what goes into our bodies is that's our fuel and we need to you know people need to it's a, it's a hard thing to change like i love chocolate and ice cream but guess what i don't eat it anymore it's you know occasionally i'll do it but i just i've slowly cut it out because i know it's it's not the it's not the right way so um you know the combination of these tools to check your genes and changing your lifestyle i think is the going to be the biggest change game changer with cancer and i think it's people are scared of change it's comfy you know staying in your lane and it's not you know it's it's comfy and people get comfortable with these things and you know they tie foods and certain lifestyles to certain memories and things that make them comfortable and you know the more comfortable you get with being uncomfortable and making those changes the stronger you'll get it's you know that's what we're we're, we're we gain we get stronger by having that change and it's you know change is difficult but it's it makes us better so that, you, that's bro. i think it's like a mindset shift that people need to have um so yeah that that i would say that those are the you know we're it's we're going to be there will be a time when it's going to be especially if this technology takes off and it should take off i think it's going to become mainstream um and when you know earlier we'll be able to help more people and hit those 99% cure rates 100% bro and and you know i think something something also it's like it's like especially again i was just talking to a naturopathic doctor on the podcast before this and 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 my dad was a neurologist for over 40 years he just retired actually in february oh wow so so i'm 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 kind of familiar um with with these different approaches right and and obviously you know the western medicine model saves lives right if if you are if you are in need of instant care it is by far 
it's the best solution for for really again addressing that in the present moment however a lot of times we're putting band-aids on bullet wounds and and we have we have people who have something going on but it's it, it we we haven't addressed the root cause and what i'm hearing you say is you know uh, a lot of these things again when you're talking about like cancer feeding off of sugar it's like well hey what if we addressed this in education in school what if we taught kids about about how inflammation and and how stress and how all of these things are actually the driver of disease and how they can make better decisions because we've created this hamster wheel you know we have in america and and i'm pretty sure australia is much healthier than america um much smaller but but much smaller but but much healthier i mean Adam, we have 200 million people. I mean, 200 million out of 350 million who are overweight or obese. We have 125 million who have diabetes or prediabetes. And, and heart disease continues to be the number one, number one killer in this country. Yeah. And, and this is just continues to happen every year. It, it accelerates. And I'm like, and, and same thing, you know, I'm going on a tangent, a rant, but but same thing with same thing, you know, with everything happening with COVID. I understand, you know, this is this is serious what's happening. But if we address the root cause of just our overriding health issues, then then we wouldn't really have many people dying from COVID, you know, from pre-existing conditions like obesity and diabetes, because a majority of our country will be immune and they'll be strong and resilient. You know, coronaviruses yeah. happen all the time. You know, uh, you know, uh, so I guess, I guess, and, and it sounds like the project that you're working on is going to be really impactful. I'm just like, what are, and, and obviously early testing, right? Early testing needs to, needs to happen. And the tests that you guys are going to implement are so much more accessible and less invasive. So people won't be as fearful of having a mammogram or colonoscopy. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, what are, so, so what do you like, where do you see, you know, where do you see this, where do you kind of see this going? And then also I'm curious to know from, from a, a workplace standpoint, what can companies do right now, you know, uh, for their employees, for their teams to create healthier cultures and environments? Sorry to interrupt today's show, but I just want to shout out our sponsors because these two companies are literally the way that I start and end my day. And first, Purity Coffee. This is the cleanest, most sustainable fair trade coffee on the market. And it also has the highest contents of antioxidants. 97% of coffee in the US has mold and mycotoxins. So we don't want that shit in our body. So the best way to really avoid it is by investing in a delicious brew. And you might be spending four or five dollars a cup on your morning cup of coffee. This is a great way to not only improve your level of coffee, your quality, but also save some money too. So go to puritycoffee.com and type in Coach Jeremy at checkout. You'll get hooked up with 20% off. And yeah, enjoy that shit. And think of me every time you have your morning cup of joe. 
And then I got a shout out CBD, Santa Cruz Medicinals. They have absolutely hooked it up and have helped me with my deep sleep with their deep sleep turmeric capsules. I usually take these every other night and I've tried different CBDs in the past, but none of them really imp impacted me. And um, I really encourage you to give these both a try, both the Purity Coffee and the CBD. They have tinctures, they have capsules, they have a whole bunch of cool stuff. And again, the most sustainable, the highest quality. Coach Jeremy at checkout, 20% off. Get hooked up and continue to elevate your health, your wellness in 2021. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're, um, where I see this growing is, so what's pretty interesting also is we're working on a COVID test for now that actually will tell you the risk, how bad, if you get it, how bad you'll get it, if you'll land up in hospital or not. Because right now, especially in Melbourne, we're all locked up. Everybody's locked up when only 5% of people really need to get locked up. And, you know, besides the, the, the health impacts, like the economic impacts are devastating to everyone. Like we need to get back to work. So hopefully this will be like a solution to that. We can get out to everybody to be like you, you this group of people needs to stay home. You guys are at higher risk. You guys get the vaccine first. You know, you know, we test all the doctors, we test all the firemen, we test all the police to say which ones of you are at a higher risk to check. And then we can say who should get the vaccines first. We can prioritize, we can send people back to work, we can do herd immunity, all those things. But I think you're you're you hit on the the, the nail on the head. I think that the there's a huge responsibility especially in the u.s where like employers are the largest insurer in the u.s to implement these preventative healthcare measures and offer them to their their employees but also to educate them education is huge and educate people on how they can boost, boost their immunity because any employer doesn't want don't they, they want their people at work that's what they want and if people are sick they're not going to work if people aren't um, if people are sick, they're not um, working at their peak. And if people are sick, they don't feel as good. Also, like it's just the, the, the morale will be down. If people are overweight and diabetic and they're going and they're having McDonald's every day for lunch, then everything's going to be sluggish at work and they're going to get sick. So when you educate people on what, on better eating and how to boost their immune system and like, cold showers, lemon water, like these little things can make like huge differences. Now you might be getting them. too advanced, man. I mean, <laughs> let's get them drinking water first and then, and then we'll talk about the alkaline benefits of the water. But I feel you. I'm, 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 <laughs> keep going. Keep and going. then like, I know that, that, you know, when you mentioned like the kids and education and how important it is. So, I have kids and I don't necessarily force my eating habits on them, but they see it. You know, a couple of weeks ago, my son goes, dad, I want to go running with you. 
guess what? This 10-year-old little rock star at 6.30 in the morning, he's out of bed and he's running with me. You know, they keep, they say, they go and they eat a chip or whatever it is that is this healthy. They're eating nuts now. Slowly but surely, they're just, you know, the, the, the stick is bending in the other direction. They're like, oh, white bread. I'm not going to say don't eat bread, but they know what's healthier bread. They know fruit is healthier. They know, you know, they're, they're, they're curbing their own things. And when we set an example and like teachers should be setting an example, you don't, we don't necessarily need to, you know, by coming it down, I'm not sure, like implementing laws that say, hey, no soda in schools, which I kind of agree with. You shouldn't have sodas in school. But if the teachers and the staff were all had that mindset and ate healthier and acted healthier and spoke about it, not forcing it, the kids will see it, you know, but leading by example is, the, is, a, is a huge key to the whole thing. Um, and it all boils down to education. Um, everything does. We're, we're made to, if you're not learning, you're not growing. If you're not growing, you're not living. And if you're not living, you're dying. So it's like, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be learning because that's how you're, you're living. And that's, that's the way to go. Um, so I think it's education and education from employers, they they needed they need to do the same things. Just educate, you know, have those um, health coaches come in and just speak to people. And these tests, I'm not saying I want them to be. It would be great if they're everywhere because it could help so many people. But there is no question that adding like a number, like giving like a having a. I feel like if somebody sees and knows that oh, I'm predisposed to be having diabetes, I should stop eating sugar as opposed to just saying, oh, 120 million people are pre-diabetic, which, who is it? What does that really mean? It's not me. You know, everybody thinks it's not going to happen to me until it does happen to them. So, you know, doing these little things, I think is going to, could have a huge impact. Yeah, brother. I, I, I'm excited to see like what ways we can collaborate. And, and, you know, it's funny. I actually have one of my clients, I told you in Melbourne, Victoria, and you guys would hit it off. So I'm definitely going to connect you guys. Um, yeah, but, um, I've, listen, I've been locked up I'm, and I'm usually a social butterfly. So I can't wait to just get out. It's, it's a great city, but I haven't been out. I haven't been to one restaurant. How old are been your kids, Adam? 11 and 14. Oh, Wow. You started yeah. young, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty young. Yeah. That's amazing. So they're, 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 they're in that, um, that very interesting, like middle school age. Yeah. It's a, it's, there's a very interesting dynamic. It's, it's, I had a very interesting conversation with my 11 year old just recently about a whole bunch of stuff. It was really cute. He's like, I don't want to ask you things, but then I do. He's like, girls make me feel like this and that. And it was, it was, it was really cute. Um, but um, it's got its challenges, let me tell you. But there's nothing, there's nothing I wouldn't do for these two kids, man. They're like rock stars, and they're they're a blessing. Some, you know, it's it's not easy, but they're they're a proper a proper blessing, and you can see. 
it gives you like perspective on like how much impact you have on them. Like when you, mm. they see everything and you're like literally they're sponges and they're learning from you every minute. And it's, um, I feel like that is, been like almost a responsibility to me they know like they they you know they said to me you know daddy always does what he says and you know they know that I'm awake and I'm doing and I'm pushing myself and they see it because I want them to do it themselves and I don't force them to do it but they know they you know that you've got to we've got to lead by example and I think that's like a huge huge key I love so that how, I need to know a little more about you dude how did you get on this coaching like because I love your your attitude, your work, your gratitude. It's like it's just it's proper infectious. You're it's such an inspiration, bro. It's like it's, you're a powerful, a really powerful human being, my friend. And it's like it's I appreciate you tremendously. You know what I mean? Even from a distance, it's uh, it's it's you're dynamite, bro. Dude, that means that means a lot to me, especially because I feel like I was actually evaluating this. Uh, I was evaluate. I was like looking back, and I was like, you know, I built nice. First of all, you know, the podcast is an amazing platform, and we built a great audience here, as well as like TikTok and Instagram. You know, like over two hundred thousand yeah. on TikTok, and like almost thirty thousand on Instagram. And I was like, but you know, the real people that I the I want to impact, I mean, we all want to impact as many people as possible, but when you're doing business, right, you have to get specific, like, yeah. Hey, this is, this is my, this is my avatar. This is what their pain points are. So for me, understanding like, Hey, I'm passionate about workplace wellness and implementing strategies to create healthier cultures. And also, you know, high level executives and entrepreneurs like yourself, who you're, you're, uh, isolated from most of them but a majority of them as you know they they reach a level of financial success uh while compromising their health and relationships so my my mission is to help realign those people and really empower them that that you can replicate that success in all areas um because i know by impacting like one powerful man that's going to impact their family their community, their, their team, their, their job, their career, whatever it may be. So to answer your question, um, again, I really appreciate the, the kind words. Uh, you know, I'm definitely super grateful for my parents and, and especially, you know, I think a lot of my mindset comes from my dad who, who's honestly just the more, the older I get and the more close I get to him, I'm like, this man is just on a different level of humility, of, of compassion. Um, so I'm, I feel very blessed to, to, you know, have won that lottery with my parents. Wow. And then honestly, just doing the work, man, like you said, uh, you know, I had my first ayahuasca experience like two years ago. And um, this will come out Excellent. after my second experience, but I'm going to yeah. Mexico next week. I'm going to Mexico next week. And honestly, like through all of the inner work and the different workshops and teachers I've, I've surrounded myself with, um, you know, I love obviously fitness and movement and nutrition. And I feel like I reached a level um, of mastery to a sense where yeah. like those, those things I, I'm in complete control of. And now it's like, how can I take my mindset? How can I 
understand my inner world, my thoughts and how those impact my feelings and emotions and understanding these narratives and paradigms and stories, you know, from my childhood and how those have impacted the way that I show up now. So honestly, to answer your question, just by, by consistently, like you said, wanting and desiring to learn and grow and, um, and, and really understanding like, Hey, my superpowers are my energy, my enthusiasm, and, and, and leaning on that in, in the most authentic way possible, um, which, which my first ayahuasca journey like really showed me. It showed me like I knew I, I knew I had this potential and capability, but the medicine and you need to just push any fears, just confront them fully. And um, so that that experience honestly like helped accelerate things and catapult things. And um, and now I'm just continuing to again learn. Like I'm doing, I'm going doing this retreat next week. I know there's going to be a lot, a lot that that comes up. Um, I'm doing it with other like 40 high level executives and entrepreneurs all over the world. And wow. then, yeah, it's amazing. It's called One Heart Journey. I'll send you the site. I love how you call it medicine. Yeah. It's awesome that it, cause it's, it's, it really is. It's, I haven't done it, but um, it's on the, it's on the list. If they'll ever let us out of lockdown over here, but it's, <laughs> it's on the list, but it's like, have you done any psychedelics like, like mushrooms or LSD or anything? Mushrooms, mushrooms, which yeah. was awesome. I don't know if I did. I had two amazing experiences, but I feel like they were, 70 percent like i ran out of shrooms or whatever i just i don't know how i felt good i just felt super good right like i didn't i don't know if i i you know the inner journey and going really deep to to and like having that transformational aspect um maybe i was a little hesitant or whatever it was but it was um it's definitely something i'm going to do again and explore maybe more on a on a like a with a with a like with a coach at the same time to really like a guide to really guide me and to go along like to feed it and like get the, the maximum benefit out of it for um, sure but it's you know when you you said something so profound when you spoke about how it and like when you do that inner work, it's also been and you challenge yourself to not face those fears, like face those fears and not really give a shit about what anybody else thinks. But you know, this is who you are and it's not gonna change, and you might as well tell the world about it and help everybody. You know, that's like, as I've about it and help everybody, you know, that's like, and things and it's just to, and people are afraid to just be out there and be like, hey, Let's help. Let's collaborate. Let's work. Let's, you know, make those, like there, 
the, the whole world out there is just, what do people think? What are they going to think of me? What are they going to say about me when, you know, there's, and if these tools help you unlock that and see that light better, I think everybody will be better for it, you know, because I think we're all good. There's all goodness in everyone. And it's just about unlocking it. So um, sure. I definitely want to hear one heart journey. I definitely want to hear about it because yeah, brother. it sounds like it's because you've got to do it in that environment where you've got the right people around you with the right intentions, with the right guides, not just some willy nilly, yeah, you know, sure. party kind of thing. I feel like it's when it's done right, it will truly unlock because there's so many we have so much potential that people don't even realize, yeah. you know, when we commit to something, people don't realize. And if there are tools that help you realize your full potential and your max potential, we should go all in. And, yeah. you know, um, you know, there's only, you, like you said in the beginning, we have one life to live. We might as well live it to the max and savor every moment and push through every day. And that's like, I love it when you wake up and you're just like, smell this breath smell this smell the air and i love it and it's when i wake up in the morning and i watch that sunrise like you know yes two days ago i went for a jog and i got to see venus mars jupiter and saturn and i'm like running and i'm like it's the morning and i see these super bright stars and i'm like what is going on and i pull out my phone and i check the app and i could see Mars, Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn. And in between Jupiter and Saturn was Pluto, but you can't see it. But that is like Mother Nature. Look where we are. So it sounds like those mushrooms really worked well. (laughs) (laughs) That 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 was it. That was without without the powerful the power of the fungi. Yeah, Adam, for sure, man. I think I think one of the things that you said, like about seventy percent of your experience. So much of this, probably the biggest challenge is the surrendering, is like fully just fucking trusting and not not trying to fight back, not trying to to like run away from anything that comes up because they always say, you know, the medicine gives you what you need, not what you want. And and a lot of times, you know. You, you have to you have to face your shadows and you have to confront some of the darkness to really embrace the light. And um, for those people listening, obviously I've said this before, but you know I always want to preface this by saying I'm all about optimizing nature's free drugs before going to any plant medicine, you know, breath work, water, um, sunshine, connection, physical touch. Um, these are the movement, moving your body. I mean, these are really the most potent drugs. And then, you know, in, in relation to cancers, Adam, I mean, there's a lot of talk about certain mushrooms, not, not necessarily psilocybin, although, although, as you know, you know, when people are going through chemo and they have cancer, there's so much fear, like they, they, they see the end, like, is this it for me? So, so they've actually been doing out of Johns Hopkins, you know, a lot of, a lot of trials with cancer patients and they're finding that, you know, these, these, uh, psilocybin treatments on them dramatically 
dramatically impact their experience and they're able to live a more fulfilling life. And then also on top of that, uh, mushrooms like turkey tail and, and other things like lion's mane have high contents of what's called beta glucans. And, and that's what drives your white blood cell count up and really boosts your immunity. So they're using these in clinical settings now, you know, um, in addition to the chemo. And uh, there's a beautiful story of this in the movie Fantastic Fungi, um, where she has stage four breast cancer and her son starts giving her um, turkey tail mushrooms in the morning and evening. And then, you know, she comes on stage as he's speaking like five years later and she's cancer free. It's a, it's, there's no question. Nature's, na- we're in nature every day. Um, nature is the best medicine. It's all comes, that's where it all comes from. It's all, that's where the source is. And we haven't even discovered it. You know what I mean? Like there's, you know, we, we don't know what's in the ocean. Um, I think like we think we know what's on land, but every day we're discovering new species and new things that we had no, no clue about. Um, even like neuroplasticity was like, no one even knew about that till like 10 years ago, which is like bizarre. Um, you know, that there is, and I, it's, it's, I think that the whole process is like accelerating because technology is accelerating. So people are like learning, you know, the process to bringing nature into our lives into like the Western way is accelerating also through technology because we're able to find things, but also able to understand things quicker and better. So like, you know, there's been talks of these guys with these, um, you know, I've been doing mushrooms, like this guy that I've mentioned from Harvard, when I get his name, I'll, I'll ping it to you. He, you know, he was just saying that they've known this for, for years and years and years. And he was talking about like, um, these tribes that came that he met and they gave him certain medicines, certain plants. And they said, this is a male aphrodisiac. And he came back to Harvard and he goes, they said, this is a male aphrodisiac. And the doctors tested him. They said, not impossible, impossible, impossible. And again, then he went to a different tribe and he came back and he did it like for three, four years in a row. And then he stopped asking them. And then he said, and then one day, a bunch of old guys at a, at a, old age home wouldn't give back their blood pressure medicine because they're getting boners. So, you know, doctors thought that there was no such thing as a male aphrodisiac until they found out about it, but it's all in nature. You know, everything's really in nature. We just don't know about it yet. And I think we're adopting it more. And the more we adopt it, the better we'll be. I think it's, you know, it will affect our diets. Like you said, it's movement. Um, you know, motion changes your emotions. You know, when we're moving, you're feeling better. You're helping your body. Um, And just feeding yourself right, taking these natural medicines is a clear way to unleash our true powers and our true potentials. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm super excited for the, the, the journey of, you know, we're, these are truly exciting times, I think, because the world is moving so rapidly, but, and I think we're going to be moving towards a more, especially now through COVID, I think 
people are going to have a slightly more empathetic way of looking at the world. And I, I hope that's how I, how I feel. And I hope it sticks, you know, that we work more together in a better way. And the, that process to a more beautiful society, I think will be accelerated. So that's something that excites me also is that, you know, with like technology moving at such a fast pace, um, it will help us as a society grow better. Hopefully that's why maybe I'm too much of an optimist, but that's, that's how I feel. I um, agree brother. For sure. I love that perspective. Um, you know, it's crazy that we've gone over an hour. I've, I've, I've had, I've had a blast connecting with you, bro. I can't wait to continue, uh, continue just being on each other's radar and supporting each other. I'm curious to know one question before we go into rapid fire. Sure. Um, we might have to have a round two as well. Uh, I think so. We just dived right in. Yeah, brother. <laughs> what What would you say? You know, it seems like you're you you have a very good balance between your family life, your health, your relationships, and and your your business, your career. Um, specifically with your marriage, what? How long have you been married? Uh, Seventeen years. Wow. When did you get married? Twenty four. So you're 41? 40, 40, 16. When did you turn 40? In July. Dude, happy 40th. I just turned 30 last month. Oh, wow. Happy 30th. Okay. So so 17 years and, and you guys knew each other before then. So we're talking like 20 years, basically. Um, what have been a couple key components to you guys maintaining you know the, the this excitement um this 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 passion this flame burning i see so many people just uh struggling you know in relationships and settling for average ones and staying and remaining in toxic ones so so what what have been some really key indicators key movers for you for love <laughs> Love, Adam. So this is going to be super interesting. I don't know how we're going <laughs> to go about this. So we got divorced a few years ago. Oh, wow. And yeah, so that is a, a, a curve, a, a slide on the curveball. I love um, it. So that... And we're trying, we moved back to Australia. Um, one of my sons isn't doing so well and we needed like more of the family support. So we're here now um, in Australia with her family around to help us and, you know, just to have that bond to, you know, family is really important. And in New York, we didn't have family. So that has been a key key facet to this move you know for her and for him and but I would say you know you've got to the way I look at relationships is you've got to um you've got to go all in and you've got to be totally um it's 
you got to be really like there has to be a, a huge synchronized um you've got to know like the communication when you're going from you got to be able to feed off each other to know like when one day if you're if you come home from work you're at a let them know you're at a 20 percent and the other one needs to come in at 80 percent and vice versa i think the communication is key to um to make them last as long as possible um and i'm definitely no expert at that but um yeah, that's a, a slight, a slight little curveball over there. But um, yeah, you know, sure. yeah. So, so okay. So you guys got divorced a few years ago, and what have been like the biggest differences? I guess since you guys are you guys back together now? We're not. We're we're in between. We're in a between between in between phase. We're in a between phase right now. Okay. So, yeah. so there's also beauty in that as well as like, you know, when you have so much history with someone like maintaining that peace and understanding, like you said, that your kids are watching everything. So, yeah. um, as, as you guys can see on the energy exchange podcast, we're very unscripted here. So very, uh, very unscripted, which is, which is, you know, that's the way it should be. Life is, this is what life is and it's life is not scripted but life is meant to be lived and experienced. And it's, you know, one of the key things for me is it's, you've got to be present because when you live in the present moment and you take it for now, you'll get to enjoy the, mo the, the time now. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring and we don't know, and we can worry about tomorrow and we can think about it, but we can't control it. But when you do what you, when you focus on the now, and you focus on the present moment and you, um, I feel like that helps ground you to not be distracted about what the what ifs and the maybes and the could, could, could be's as opposed to I'm here now, what can I do now? What's the best way I can react now? And how can I deal with my kids now? And how can I deal with my wife now? And, how can I deal with my relationships now as opposed to worrying about what, if I do this, what could happen? Just, you know, be as present as you can to, um, you know, that being in that present moment and living life for the now is something that I've, it has like helped me through, through hard times. You can always think like, what if I do this? What's going to happen? Who's going to, what's, you know, what, what effect it's going to have. But ultimately, usually things are going to be okay. Right. Usually that, you know, there's always like that. Everything's going to be all right. That's what my grandpa everything's, used to say. Everything's going to be all right. You know, it's like, um, there's a thing that I've started doing also called like fear setting. I don't know if you've heard of this. Like this goal setting. Exercise? Yeah. Brilliant. What's the worst that can happen? What's yeah. the worst that can happen? What's the best that can happen? But the ultimate thing is take action because if you take action and action is doing something now, worst case scenario, you're going to learn something and gain and grow with some experience. So that's a, a, a mindset shift, that fear setting thing, which help, has helped me a lot. 
I think it's helped me a lot to think like, hey, what's the worst thing that can happen? And then, you know, the main thing is when you take that action, you know, you're made up of your experiences. You're made up of the choices you make and the actions you take. Mm -hmm. So um, it's better than, you know, sitting and worrying and getting stressed out and increasing your inflammation. Take some action. And action means being in the now. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. Presence is truly, truly, especially for men, you know, the best present we can give. Um, Man, we're definitely going to have to have a round two, brother. I want to, and and actually, guys, in the show notes, you're going to find, I'm going to include that fear setting exercise by Tim Ferriss. I think it is really helpful. And take a look at that. If there's some resistance you're facing in your life right now, I really recommend referencing that. Um, Adam, so so a couple rapid fire questions for you, brother. Um, what is your favorite emoji? The hugging one. Oh, Adam's got all the, the love. Hugging we'll, guy. we'll socially distance. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm. The hugging guy. Oh, I love it. I love the hugging guy. He's the Get all that oxytocin like that. That's it right there. That's it. And, uh, and, and what's your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve. Um, what triggers you? What triggers you, Adam Kramer? People. I've tried. I try not to get too triggered. People that are. Um, You can say it here, bro. It's a safe space. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'm trying to think of something like, what's my pet peeve? Um, dirtiness. Dirt, like, I like things to be clean. Somebody is not that clean. It's a little bit of a pet peeve. But um, another one is probably people that are too stuck in their ways and not wanting to learn new things mm-hmm. is something that's like um i feel like i used to be that way and i worked hard on myself to change it you know to be more open to change people are sometimes so stuck mm. in their ways and so so don't want to learn and so don't want to hear other people's opinions and things like that so i feel like being open they're yep. stuck in their box that is yeah so that is you know bo would be one at one pet peeve is bo and the other one is just is like if people are way i'm like become super open and maybe it's got to do with the news or just my experiences but i just want to learn i just want to be a sponge and i can learn from a two-year-old and i can learn from a 92 year old and i want to learn from both i want to learn from everybody there's you know there's so much shit i've learned from you you know and there's like there's so much out there and you know that like i don't want to miss it but i want to i want to hear from people and you know you take all the best of it and then you share it and you give it people a hug with it i love it <laughs> i love that yeah it, it's uh yeah i love what you said about learning from a two-year-old and 92 year old I, I truly believe those are probably the ages we could learn the most from and it's probably the ages that we're interacting with the least I mean, unless you have close interaction with your 
grandpa or your great grandpa or or you have a toddler at home, um, none of which I have. So so I'm definitely committed to spending more. I, I'm always awed by kids and children's just curiosity and 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 just their presence and just the way that they live so so joyfully. Um, so we can all embody more of that. Um, and then and then lastly, I'd like to ask you. You know. Let's pretend. Uh, let's not even pretend. Let's let's pretend this is this is actually reality. You know, you've accomplished everything you wanted to. You know, you helped millions of people um, become aware of the their potential risk for cancer and helped prevent a lot of people's uh, death. Right, um, and and you've had an amazing family life. Your kids have grown up. It's been it's been an abundant existence for you, Adam, and, and and now it's your last supper. It's your last meal. All right. I'm curious to know. You get to choose three people to have that meal with. It can't be family or friends. Um, I'm curious to know who are you picking for that, and just just for uh, just to make it a little more spicy, they have to be living. They currently have to be living. Oh, they currently have to be living. Yeah. I knew what I knew, I knew who you were thinking. <laughs> um, living people. I think I'd probably want to meet like um not family, right? Not family. I think Tim Ferriss would be awesome to have at the last supper. I think um, you got ten seconds, brother. I've got ten seconds. This is your last meal, man. I have you a buddy. Decisive here, bro. You got Tim Ferriss. Who do you admire? Who do you want? You want some laughs? You want a comedian there? You want your favorite athlete there? Who, who do you want? Uh, Five. Um, Elon Musk would be pretty awesome to have. Tim Ferriss, Elon Musk, and um, Jim Jeffries. He's hilarious. Hey, that's the first. That's the first anyone said any of those names. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tim Ferriss, Jim Jeffries. Awesome, brother. He's actually an Australian comedian. That's hilarious. And and who? What would you be eating that final meal? Uh, steak, salad, tuna tartare. <laughs> Hey, um, it sounds fuego, delicious. Uh, and a shitload of nuts and maybe some mushrooms. Oh, definitely some mushrooms. We'll, we'll have the mushrooms before so they hit a little harder. There you go. Um, <laughs> oh, man. This sounds, yeah, this sounds like a magical good. final supper. Um, Adam, I want to I wanna acknowledge you, man. Um, you know, in the short time that I've been familiar with your work and obviously this being like the first time we connect for an extended period, bro. It's, it's amazing to just see the energy and enthusiasm you have for life and, and for the mission that you're on um, to really, to really 
help people and to heal people. And I'd love that you're doing it with a smile on your face. And you have the curiosity of a child, which is such a beautiful thing. So I'm grateful for you, brother. I'm grateful to continue growing together. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity to uh, share with people where, where they can connect with you. I listen, likewise, I think it's, you know, we've, you know, we've known each other for a little bit for a while and it's been awesome to get to know you better and connect on this level. Um, and I'd love to do a round two, but I'm pretty much mostly on LinkedIn. All my information is on there. You just search for Adam Kramer, Adam Kramer, you'll find me. Um, and you can phone me and my, I get, which has also been a little bit astounding. Like I've gotten some messages from people that I don't even know who they are, like text messages or phone calls, just saying thank you and saying hi or whatever it is. So I'm there. I'm there to help people, whatever you need, any guidance, anything I can do to help or serve. Um, all, all my information is right there for, for you to find and reach out. So um, that's, the, that's my hangout place. Love it, brother. And it's Kramer, K-R-A-M-E-R. Yeah. Amazing, I, brother. They say Kramer in America. I say Kramer. It's all different, but it's Kramer. Yeah. I love it, man. Do you, do you have any last word you want to say? Um, I just want to tell, you know, let people know that don't give a shit what other people think. Whatever you feel in your heart, do it and just take that action. It's, it's always hard to take that action, but don't. I have a saying, it all starts with 10 push-ups. And that saying has driven me through, gotten me through a lot. Don't take on too much. Just start small, but do it every day. Do it every day, but start small. Even if it's two minutes, even if it's one page of a book, just do it every day. And that action, that consistent action will change your life and it will, it will grow like compound interest. So pick up a book, read one page, do one push-up, eat one fruit, walk once around the block, whatever you want, but do it every day. And before you know it, you'll be on a different path. It's... Hey, inspirational words by the one, the only Adam Kramer. So, so guys, you already know what time it is. It's time to put your left foot in front of the right. Keep moving forward. You fucking got this. And do not forget to exchange energy along the way. Much love and peace. Hey. Love it, dude. So much fun, bro. Thank you so much for listening until the end of the show. Now, you know what to do. If this show impacted you in a positive way, it would mean the world if you could share it with a friend, a family member, anyone who you think would enjoy today's message with Adam Kramer. And it goes so far. When you do something as simple as sharing the show, leaving a review, it really helps us impact more lives and reach more people. So thank you so much in advance. And I can't wait to see you back here for the next episode of the Thrive University podcast. Let's get it, fam. Stay woke. Peace.